Previously on Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, this beautiful woman comes walking up the steps of the high school, strutting her stuff, and Xander is just taking every moment of it in. Giles is terribly unimpressed that Buffy went behind his back and went hunting when she promised him she wouldn't. But is he? Why is he surprised by this? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, you can tell she's really mourning the loss of Dr. Gregory. She's like. Do you yeah. remember him? Yeah. The guy you killed. Well, he taught me to do my homework. Hello and welcome back to Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, we've watched episode five of season one, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. And I must say, this is probably one of my favourite episodes of season one. And I know that you love it as well, Sarah. I do. And I just think what a great title for an episode. And the episode itself really lives up to the title. It's just fantastic. I mean, I was I was thinking as we were about to, to rewatch that it was going to be very difficult to pick, you know, favorite line and things like that, because it is just there is just so much good dialogue in this episode. There is. I mean, I know we keep saying this every episode. It's so well written. But it this is jam-packed, this episode. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of Buffy banter. There's a lot of vibing between the whole gang. There's new characters. There's new baddies. There's a return of the master. Angel pops up. There's so much that goes on in this episode. But it doesn't seem like it's overloaded no and I think when we were watching it uh it just flew by it went a lot quicker than expected yes definitely Uh, I was kind of disappointed it was over yeah same and um there's there's a number of episodes like that where you just think I wish they'd have you know extended that or had added a few extra scenes yeah Um, so or at least you know you could you could see some of the outtakes just to get get the most out of of the episode, but yeah, it's great. And and actually, on this particular rewatch, we couldn't help but notice the parallels between Owen and and Giles and Buffy and Giles. Yeah, it's very so interesting. Um, you know, and not just in you know lines and and what have you, but but also you know with Buffy's experience, Giles actually you know sort of likens it to his own. It was something that I've missed or not necessarily caught up on so much. So it's it's a really well layered episode, which you just keep getting more and more from. Yeah, I love that. And you think that it's about one particular thing, one plot line. And there's just it feeds into so many other things in terms of character development and dynamics between them. And it, yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah. So much like the last episode, it's just straight in there with the action, with the fight scenes, which is great. Uh, so we're getting used to seeing at this point Buffy fighting vampires and she's really beating the crap out of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he tries and he fails. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is taking place in the cemetery and yeah, straight in there with the humour as well. Giles pops up to critique her performance. <laughs> well, you do get, yeah, you get Buffy's 
amazing banter yeah. to the vampire. And this becomes a regular uh, addition to Buffy's arsenal when she's fighting the demons and the forces of darkness. She has to have <laughs> <laughs> the pun, the Buffy pun. Yeah. And um, and this is, I think, maybe the like the first proper one that that we that we get, where Buffy uh, literally says, "We haven't been introduced." Falls out of stake. I'm Buffy, and your history. <laughs> and she goes and stakes the guy, and he bursts into a big pile of ash. It's brilliant. Then we get yeah the classic Giles banter. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, when he popped up from behind a crypt, I mean, what was he doing? <laughs> um, and uh, he starts commenting and critiquing her on her technique. And execution was adequate. A bit too bloody for my taste. And I love where Buffy doesn't necessarily go, oh, okay, oh, sorry about that. She just sort of goes, do you know what? It was my pleasure for making the world safe for humanity again. Don't yeah. mention it. <laughs> He's not going to get anywhere with Buffy. I love him. And Giles is interrupted. Well, after he explains to Buffy that she's expending too much energy and time, it should simply be plunge and move on, plunge. And (laughs) he interrupts his own thoughts when he notices a ring um, on the floor and he picks it up with his very nice pen, I must say. Yes, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, Buffy, again, still with the banter. She's like, oh, great, I kill them, you fence their stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great scene, brilliant scene. So they spot that it's weird that, you know, a ring should remain and um, maybe it wasn't just a random kill. And Giles does say one of the regular lines that he says, throughout the series, which is, I'd best consult my books. And then we cut to the master's layer. So we're back. Yep, the master is back. And he's going on his big speech again, saying all kinds of fancy shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty doom and gloom stuff, but it's so well delivered. And, you know, even when he's in his waterproof PVC jacket with his Velcro <laughs> His Velcro sleeved. Let's not forget those folks. No. Um, and he's talking about the anointed, the master's great warrior, and the slayer will not know him, will not stop him, and he will lead her into hell. Yeah. As it is written, so shall it be. And a really crucial line: five will die, and from their ashes the anointed shall rise. The brethren of Aurelius. So he basically is telling us exactly what's going to happen. And you're thinking, who are these five? Yes. And he then mentions, <laughs> uh, as if he's reading from the book, because uh, there's a, a few other vampires in front of him. And he's saying, and one of the brethren will shall go out hunting the night before and get himself killed because he couldn't wait to finish his job before he ate. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what that's like. <laughs> and he's, of course, he's referring to the vampire that Buffy's just dusted. So we know that this guy is the Order of Aurelius. So there we go. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of information, but they do such a good job of explaining it all very quickly in a way that doesn't 
get your head in a spin like what the hell's going on yeah and it's it's there for you to sort of digest later on yeah um so and it's, there's a lot of foreshadowing actually in that just in that those few lines that the master says so he's so so good the actor um, yeah mark metcalf who who played the master um because it must be such a difficult thing to deliver those types of dialogue blocks just with all the teeth in yeah <laughs> it's been so difficult <laughs> but i love his sort of quirky sense of humor as well yeah um and we get a bit more of that later on in this episode which i love mm. so we hit the credits and the buffy theme plays and then we are into our favorite location the library oh i love this place. beloved library i love it and i'm going to call this now i know this is the same as the last episode i love this episode it's my favorite scene so this is going to be my favorite scene for this episode so you've got buffy sat on the table in a lovely lovely green flowered dress um she sat there looking at this ring that they've picked up and they're looking at all the markings and things giles makes his way down um from the what do they call them the stacks yeah and they're trying to figure out what the symbols on on the ring mean and this particular occasion buffy has the answers instead of giles yeah which is um, interesting yeah so buffy's and I, again this is just hinting at i think buffy's intelligence you know we've already had previous episode we had dr gregory saying you're really smart buffy you just need to apply yourself um and we are just we're showing i think we're getting a little more of an inkling on you know buffy's really brainy she's very resourceful she's a fantastic leader she's obviously got her superhuman strength but she's got the brains behind it as well um and uh, though she doesn't enjoy it she can do the studying and uh, she notices this sun and three stars and she's like we've seen this somewhere and giles is like no i don't think so <laughs> she's like no here it is here we go <laughs> Um, and again, she just has to banter with him. So she's like, two points for the Slayer while the Watcher has yet to score. Um, <laughs> and their their little moment, their little research party is interrupted by Owen, who comes into the library. Yeah. And Buffy and immediately knows who he is and likes the fact that he's here. <laughs> yeah, whereas Giles does not, particularly. <laughs> he's like... What are you doing here? <laughs> He's like, what do you want? He's like, a book? He's like, oh, oh, right. And <laughs> this is a, a great, this is not my favourite um, line, but it's just a fantastic, I think this just sums up, again, Buffy's attitude, uh, where she's like, see, this is a school and we have students and they check out books and then they learn things. <laughs> and Giles, his little, yeah, he's got some sass in him. Because uh, I was beginning to suspect that that was a myth. I love it. <laughs> so Owen and Buffy, they have a little little moment with each other and we get to know Owen a bit more. Yeah, he's looking for an Emily Dickinson book. Emily Dickinson being a poet for anyone who doesn't know. I remember I had to study her at school. Uh, Buffy, however, does not know <laughs> who Emily Dickinson is. Uh, and mistakes her as Emily Dickens, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Um, and Owen's like uh, correct her as Dickinson, 
and um, Buffy's like, she's good also. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's a fantastic. I think the actor who plays Owen did such a good job with yeah. um, playing against Sam Shogala. His character is obviously it's very socially awkward and he just comes across in just the right amount of socially awkward. Yeah. Um, but he has that cool and calm suaveness. Very noble it is Owen. Yeah. But yeah, so Giles points Owen in the direction of the poetry section and Owen then vocalises his surprise to see Buffy in the library. And uh, she's like, oh, what, why not? And he's like, oh, well, I, you know, I, you can read, I, I realise. And I, I do find some of his remarks to Buffy a little... Condescending? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. He does it again with the watch. Yeah. And for me, I'd be like, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I'm in here all the time. But Buffy's a little starstruck with, with Owen, and rightfully so, he's, he's a bit of all right. Um, and um, but what he really means is that you know he she doesn't come across as a bookworm, mm. and you know the type of person to lock themselves away with a dark uh, with a dark book, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> in a dark room with musty old books as he's as he calls them. But even how he speaks, it's very Giles like. It is very Giles. It's very um, I say prim and proper. It's very sort of. From that time, from the time of Emily Dickinson, yeah, you know, and he even says, "Oh, I've offended you." It's like, okay, Mister Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> As um, an aside, I love Giles's uh, opinion on Emily Dickinson. Yeah, you know, she, she's a pretty good poet, and Buffy's expecting him to, you know, she's like, "You for a woman, say, yeah, for a girl." And uh, he's yeah, like, no, he's like, for, for an American. American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, so um, that yeah, I love that the whole scene and when they come back to the checkout station when Owen picked up the, the book that he, he wants and Giles uh, takes it and starts doing all the beeping thing you can see Buffy's like oh we're both fans and um, and Giles of course she is, yeah she's quite a good poet all of that but the interaction between Buffy and Owen <laughs> Giles is so unimpressed by it. Just check out his facial expression. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> you can tell he's like, oh my god, not in not in my library. Go away. You're gonna do that. <laughs> um, so he's so unimpressed with I don't know with Buffy with Owen. I think it's probably potentially probably more unimpressed with Owen because yeah. he's just come in, doesn't know who he is, obviously. And he's interrupted his his meeting with Buffy, which is very important. Asks for a poet that he thinks is mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it's so it's great. It's so funny. And then you get Owen leaving, and Buffy's staring after Owen, <laughs> and she's like, "That was Owen." <laughs> Just <laughs> like yes, I remember. And she very quickly asks for more copies. I need a copy of Emily Dickinson. And I think this was one of your your runner up favorite lines that you've mentioned. Yeah, w w one of many. Yeah. Um, 
while the mere fact of you wanting to check out a book would be grounds for a national holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's brilliant. Yeah. It's it's great. Uh, And Buffy's like, yeah, you're right. It's fine. Yeah. Vampires. And then she sort of goes, oh, hang on. Does this outfit make me look fat? (laughs) (laughs) I love the contrast. Asking Giles. He's like, come on. Focus. Focus. Back on topic. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's such a great episode. And I also just point out, and I've mentioned this before to yourself, um, and I've, well, countless times I mentioned this, but this scene in particular really highlights the change in the formats that they have done on all the digital platforms that you can watch Buffy on in comparison to the original format, which is still available on the DVDs. And I would urge anyone to just go and purchase some of the dvds box sets they are all over the place all over the internet you can grab a couple of secondhand ones for not a huge amount of money um but you'll really see the difference in the format particularly with this scene there's actually um pretty much most of this the screen has been it's almost like zoomed in Mm. so you actually lose a lot of the context so for instance with buffy looking down at her dress you don't actually see her looking so you just see her looking down and you can't see what she's looking at. And it's yeah. just silly things like that. Um, and it happens again um, several times throughout this episode, but you you really notice it um, a lot in, in that particular scene. So they cut to the cafeteria yes, uh, where it's lunchtime and Buffy and Willow are having, I love this moment between them. We've actually, we've not really had a lot of Willow and Buffy no, we moments. Haven't. And I think... Again, this this episode, it has everything, but it gives us that relationship that I think we've been lacking, actually, the last few episodes. Yeah, we have. So we've had a lot of Willow and Xander um, and a lot of Xander and Buffy, but yeah. not an, uh, enough Buffy and Willow, I don't think. And of course, they're talking about Owen and how he's all mysterious. And Willow mentions he can brood for 40 minutes straight, which I love. <laughs> So, um, and Buffy's like, yeah, well, we chatted about Emily Dickinson and Willow's like, have you, you've never read her though? Uh, and Buffy presents this book and she's like, oh, you vixen. I love it. It's so good. How yeah. Willow's just like, go get him, Buffy. She's so excited about the fact that he, he likes Emily Dickinson. It's like, this is the perfect guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think she says... He's sensitive yet manly. Yeah. Um, so, oh, no, sorry, Willow says that, but I think it sums up Owen very nicely thus yeah. far, anyway. So uh, they join Xander at the lunch table and um, they <laughs> they have this, or Xander has this moment where, now bearing in mind, they talk about slaying all the time <laughs> in the school yeah. hall in the library, you name it. It's always happening, always being discussed. Um, but Xander asks how the slaying went the night before. And Buffy's like, uh, Xander, don't talk about it. Shush. <laughs> and it's like, well, how did the laying go? And he's like, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that either. And again, I think it just, just pulls us back into the, the context of their surroundings and, yeah. you know, how... I think it's almost like the writer saying, we know that it's a little far-fetched, but just hold on, just bear with us. Mm. It's worth it. 
So now Buffy updates the guys. They, she says, oh, there's a vampire sect in town. I don't think it's for the good. Giles is looking into it. So, and then we see Owen again. All um, on his own. On his own. All alone. Maybe sh- someone should sit with him, Buffy suggests. And Willow urges her on. On her way over. Enter Cordelia. I love it. As always. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. And as she is prone to doing, she bumps into Buffy. <laughs> well, barges into her, really. <laughs> Quite violently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love Buffy's line to Owen. Uh, Cordelia's hips are wider than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think this scene, um, we've had a few Cordelia Buffy moments where there's been a bit of tension. Yeah. But this, I think this is the beginning of Cordelia versus Buffy. They're going up against one another now. Um, Yeah. They have a target, (laughs) (laughs) which is Owen uh, on this occasion. And Cordelia has her sights set, as does Buffy. And they don't come completely at loggerheads with each other, but they are clashing with each other now. Um, and, uh, and it's just the beginning of that that fractious relationship between them both. Yeah. And I, I love it. I think it's it's a really good, uh, again, it just shows a different dynamic. Uh, now, bearing in mind as well, Cordelia, when she first met Buffy, thought she was going to be one of her crowd going to be a good friend everything so it's just I love that where you can see the potential for friends to be really quite bad enemies as well but yeah it's it's a it's a great great scene um Cordelia invites Owen to the bronze and Owen is not interested he's like who else is going and Cordelia is almost like disappointed like what the fact you there are people other than me yeah she's like well I'm gonna be there (laughs) Who cares about anyone else? He's like, yeah, and who else? What I like about Owen, though, is he lets Cordelia down by being very direct. Yeah. But polite as well. He's like, yeah, but who who else? And he's he he's not disrespecting Cordelia. He's just, he's showing very visibly disinterest in her. But Cordelia is not one to, <laughs> to give in, um, which we admire her for. But I also admire him for just straight out asking Buffy in front of her, are you going to be there? Because I feel like so many people wouldn't do that. They wouldn't. No. They'd feel too awkward to just say it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he says, well, I'll meet you there at eight. Uh, So Buffy's got a date with Owen. And then another great line from Cordelia. No, she doesn't like fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Of course, Cordelia is sat there watching all this transpire and she's lost the first round to Buffy, which is, of course, is not going to set her on the right path. No. Um, so, But can you imagine Cordelia having a conversation about Emily Dickinson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think she'd probably go, yeah, great. Anyway, about me. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're back into, um, or back with 
Buffy and Willow, uh, and they're heading through the halls. And Buffy's obviously just playing down the fact that she's just got this date with Owen. And Willow's like, no, it's a really big deal. She's like, no, it's just a bunch of people. And she's like, no, it's not. Uh, and Willow's like, it is. And he, she spots Giles. She's like, tell her. And Giles says, I'm afraid it is very big. <laughs> and it's just a great merging of the scenes. Yeah. And um, Willow's like, thank you. you know, she's like, hang on a minute, wait. <laughs> and they go, what are you talking about? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they both at the same time go, boys. It's great. It's brilliant. Um, why, what are you talking about? And he says, trouble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's awesome. And the Order of Aurelius have been, what is it? That he's found He's found some writings on them. Yeah, it, it's a, pr- a prophecy. That's it. He's found a prophecy for the brethren of the Order and that they would come to the Master and bring him the anointed. So this is what the Master was talking about before. Yeah. Um, it's just now in Giles speak instead of Master, BBC speak. Uh, ominous uh, old writing speech Um, so Willow then says well who's the anointed he's like I don't know exactly a a warrior but he'll rise from the ashes of the five on the evening of the thousandth day of the advent of Septus which of course just so happens to be tonight (laughs) which is tonight as it always is (laughs) yeah Bobby's like okay no not okay it can't be tonight Giles is like, well, my calculations are precise. It is tonight. <laughs> no, the bad calculations. I um, have a date. Owen. <laughs> and he's like, and this is your favourite line, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'll just jump in my time machine, go back to the 12th century and ask the vampires to postpone their ancient prophecy for a few days while you take in dinner and a show. <laughs> and he says it in such a scathing way. It's brilliant. It's <laughs> Yeah, his delivery of that line, uh, it's it's awesome. I love Buffy's response when she's like, okay, at this point you're abusing sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was literally soaked in sarcasm. Brilliant. But Giles, he persists. He's like, no, this is not a normal vampire. We've got to stop him before he reaches the master. Uh, And Buffy's like, but cute guy teenager but post-pubescent fantasies this will just have to be put on hold the dark forces are aligning against us and we have a chance to beat them back tonight we go into battle yeah and it's such (laughs) it's such a dramatic delivery tonight we go into battle cut to not a battle (laughs) yeah Buffy and Giles alone in the cemetery, nothing much happening. And I love the fact that Buffy is just sipping on on this drink. Yeah, (laughs) really loudly slurping away. Through a straw. (laughs) Wearing the most amazing tiger coat. Yes, actually, I think that's my favourite outfit of the episode. It is just, it's so, it's so, (laughs) you can't not notice it. No. It's awesome. Yeah. So she's really miffed because they, they've just been sat there and Giles is going, well, Giles is just as annoyed because he thinks his calculations were correct. And there's nothing, 
there's there's no risings at all. There's no dead bodies um, that what would potentially rise, and you know there's no fresh graves. More great lines as well. Yeah. When he says, well, you know what they say, 90% of the vampire slaying game is waiting. And Buffy says, you couldn't have told me that 90% ago. <laughs> Brilliant. It's so, so good. So they 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 call it quits. Buffy's like, so I can go. I can go to the bronze and find Owen. And he's like, oh, very well. Follow your hormones if you want. <laughs> um, and then he does very gently raise the matter of involving someone who's unaware of of her being a slayer mm. um, and Buffy sort of brushes this off she's like yeah I read the back of the box it's fine and he's like it you know could put everyone in grave danger if your role as slayer is revealed and another <laughs> another Fantastic line but it's just one after the next in this yeah. episode well in that case I won't wear my button that says I'm a slayer ask me how I was just doesn't well I mean what would you say to that <laughs> yeah I mean there's nothing you can say yeah he he bows out he he realizes he's not going to win against Buffy um and her witticisms so he lets her leave and he he mentions he was sure it was tonight just to hammer home that point so we all know yeah it was meant to be tonight and he was right so the next scene we are on a bus or we see a bus and then we're yeah going to the airport by the looks of it and we essentially have a lineup through the bus with the camera brushes across you guessed it five people well four people and a little boy and the last guy looks like something from apocalypse now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he is he's got this huge scar down the side of his face and tattoos and everything not that you know <laughs> they they're sort of tarring everyone with tattoos with the same brush but he's he's a big bloke isn't he he's got some like army combats on and mm. and he's talking about you will be judged and then we cut to the bronze so buffy heads on in and you see her little tiger hat <laughs> her tiger hoodie and she looks around for Owen and he's dancing with Cordelia. So, yeah, pisses Buffy off. And uh, she and leaves. She leaves, which I don't blame her. I think no. I probably would have done the same. And then we're back to the bus. And this guy is, the Apocalypse Now guy, <laughs> is still, he's just talking away. And he stood up. And he's just freaking everyone out. There's something I this little boy <laughs> it's with his mum. And he's just going, the days are going to bring fire, fire coming down, judgment. To be honest, that's just like an average day on Dublin bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's just giving off, you know, sort of, you know, dodgy, wacky guy vibes. <laughs> so, I believe what the in-betweeners would call a bus wanker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's, he's going on and on and on. It's, he's talking about the days of judgment and are you willing to stand with the righteous and all the rest of it. And then we see a vampire step out in front of the bus. Driver tries to swerve to avoid who he thinks is a person, has a great big crash, hits a pole, 
checks everyone's okay. Everyone's okay, but a little shaken. He steps out, heads over to the body on the ground, and of course the vampire grabs him, um, starts to feed off him, and then all the others clamber into the bus. And I think this is actually quite, it's really well done. Yeah. Because it, it just, it, it shows exactly what's going on. You know, there's a massacre going on. Um, and the, the lights flicker off just as we hear this scream, which is the mother screaming. It's like, oh, I think it's a really good scene. Anyway. Yeah, very sinister. And then we're back to the next day. Um, so, um, and we're at Buffy's locker. And Xander is there. So she's having a catch-up with Xander about the night before, saying that, uh, well, I think Xander's like, so you just went home. She's mm. like, well, what was I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I love this. She, it just sums up the whole thing. Sorry I was late. I was sitting in a cemetery with a librarian waiting for a vampire <laughs> to rise so I could prevent <laughs> an evil prophecy from coming to pass. <laughs> it's like, all oh, flat tyre? <laughs> It's great. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Buffy is, is obviously she's really dis- disheartened by having seen Owen with Cordelia. Yeah. And um, she's like, you know, why has this happened to me? I can't take this anymore. Um, and she's sort of, <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm just dateless. I'm a dateless monster. Um, and she hasn't go at this poor innocent guy <laughs> walking past. She's like, "Come on then, come on then, move along, pal." You know this. Um, yeah, Xander says, "Oh, look, stop! You know, you're overreacting. You could you could date any guy in this school." Um, she's like, "Yeah, but I want Owen. I want to date Owen." And I love the turn of phrase that Xander has. And he goes, "Yeah, he's got a certain Owenosity." <laughs> But that's not too hard to find. I mean, I a lot of guys read. I can read. It's like, oh, Xander, give it up. Yeah. She's just... she ain't interested. Um, and as she's leaning on his locker, I think, Owen comes over to Buffy. And basically asks her what where was she? Why didn't she turn up? Which has to be confusing when you've seen him dancing with Cordelia. And you'd be like, oh, is he interested in me? Or It's a little bit of hope for Buffy. Yeah. And uh, she she comes up with <laughs> a, an odd excuse. She's like, well, my watch broke. We don't have any clocks in the house. Uh, so I didn't know what day it was, let alone time. <laughs> and I think what's really sweet, though, is uh, Owen was like, yeah, that happens to me a lot, too. He just completely forgives, forgets, moves on. Yeah. Um, and uh, he goes, what about tonight? Can I can I take you out again tonight? Uh, and I and- like the fact that she does mention, you know, the fact that she she knows that he danced with Cordelia. So she wants to test him here. She could have yes. overlooked it, but she does say, well, hang on, you know, what's the deal with, with you two? Yeah. Yeah, cause she's like, oh, I heard that you were, you know, dancing a lot with Cordelia and... Uh, and she's like, Owen was like, yeah, she sort of grabbed me. <laughs> she, she's kind of grabby. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the the whole the pocket watch thing. Yeah, uh, he takes he, this he has... amazing pocket watch out and gives it to her so that she won't forget the time again. But Xander's reaction is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
he looks at his wristwatch and it's this Tweety Bird. <laughs> it's like some kiddie one. And um, he's suddenly horrified. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all the flashbacks to the, his parents buying him that watch when he was a kid and yeah. just nothing but regret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is another moment, though, where I'm like, oh, Owen, just leave it at that. When he proceeds to tell Buffy how to tell the time. Yeah. And I don't know. Mm. I don't know if it, maybe because I'm just, I've got maybe a chip on my shoulder, but I'd be like, um, fuck off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, here's your watch back. Shove your date up your arse. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to me like that, love. Um, so, but yeah. Anyway, they agree that tonight they're going to go on another date. So Buffy's on cloud number nine. Xander's completely pissed off with the whole thing. Um, and we leave Xander being looking like he's just lost the world. Stewing in his jealousy. Bless him. Uh, and we cut to Giles's office. So we don't really see much of Giles on his own. No. Listening to time. classical music, <laughs> glasses off, looking very nice. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> Words fail me. Nice, nice yeah. will do. Words fail. <laughs> Words fail when it comes to this guy. Um, but yeah, he's 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 thinking, oh, I've just got five minutes to myself. <laughs> uh, and he rushes in like a whirlwind. <laughs> and I love it. I'd love to have watched the scene being acted out because uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's energy for this yeah it's just it's like 100 miles an hour and Giles is so world weary in comparison yeah. <laughs> yeah. just like hi how it's going that's great well da, da, da. <laughs> anyway bye no prophecy good uh, give me Giles... the night off bye <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, oh so it's looking really slow right yeah probably best to relax and regroup no big disasters coming. That's so good. I'll see you tomorrow then. Bye. <laughs> she just does not give him a chance. <laughs> yeah. No, she can't get a word in edgeways. Uh, and um, the the last, uh, the, the well, the line that Giles says, and this is what we were talking about when we say there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this line, which is, she is the strangest girl that Giles says it's exactly the same line as Owen says later on which is weird um, yeah. so um, but yeah bless him he <laughs> doesn't know what hit him then um, and then we're back in the master's lair I love this place it's yeah it's a very creepy but cool very cool it's really cool it's it would be a really good place for like a party <laughs> yeah <laughs> Halloween party Halloween party be really good <laughs> Um, so, and he's, he's talking about, I think he's, again, it's just a really good reminder that he's trapped. He's down there. He's been down there for a very long time. He's forgotten what the surface is like. Um, and, um, it's so important that you bring the anointed. You must give your own lives and don't fail to bring the anointed. And this moment where he, he goes over to one of the vampires and he like quick as lightning snaps at his shoulder the vampire's shoulder and the you can tell the vampire's like fuck <laughs> okay i'm literally gonna get my head ripped off here he pulls he pulls his fingers he's like pinching his finger and thumb and he goes bug <laughs> <laughs> so he's caught it oh, brilliant God. it's great 
And we're now in the evening, so Buffy's getting ready for her date and Willow's there. And they're asking Xander, so they're trying to involve Xander. And I can't help but think this is quite an insensitive thing to do. Yeah, not a great idea. Um, so, But they're asking Xander for outfit suggestions or his opinion. Yeah, and I have to say this whole scene is kind of, there's elements to this scene that just, oh, much like the last episode, they just make me cringe. It's it's his behaviour, isn't it? You think, yeah. Xander, come on, grow up. I know you're 16, but you should know right and wrong by now. Yeah. And you are clearly making the wrong decisions. And he's just behaving really so possessive over someone he has no right to be possessive over. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, you know, given her awful feedback on what certain outfits would say about her and everyone in the school would think you know would gossip about her or think she's this that or the other it's ugh yeah it's a bit ick it is yeah and and then he proceeds to try and spy through the mirror to watch her get changed yeah I mean the thing I can sort of understand that a little more for a 16 year old boy than his opinion on, you know, Buffy choosing the wrong lipstick and therefore everyone was going to know that she's easy and her reputation will be... You know, you're thinking, God, that's a horrific thing to say. (laughs) Yeah, to your friend as well. (laughs) Um, But you wouldn't necessarily see that as a a 16-year-old boy thing to say as such. But, you know, them plucking a quick look, um, I can sort of understand. I say I think that's a bit more realistic. I'm not saying it's acceptable, but it's not surprising. Yeah, that's from it. certain 16 year old boys. I'm so yeah. glad that you're here. So <laughs> I'm digging myself a hole there. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lovely interaction between Willow and Buffy. Willow's just on Buffy's side, and um, you know they're talking about the possibilities of what the date might entail. And, you know, it could involve cinema, it could involve a party, dancing, and then the doorbell rings. Just as actually Xander gets caught out when the mirror breaks and they're like looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? He's saved by the bell. (laughs) And Buffy's super excited. She's like, that's Owen. She opens the door. It's great cut. That's Giles. <laughs> and she tries to shut the door on him. Yeah, she's like, like, no, Buffy's not home. <laughs> Literally. He's like, we need to talk. She's like, no, sod off. <laughs> oh, and uh, Giles is super excited with a, yeah. a, a newspaper in hand. He shoves it in her face, pretty much. And of course, the headline is Five Die in Van Accident. And Which is ominous. That's it. And of course, because the five shall rise um, out of the ashes, five shall rise the one, um, which is the anointed. So Giles believes that this was or is worth investigating. Buffy's like, it's a car crash. And he's like, yeah, I know it's it's not quite, it doesn't quite link up, but I think, I think this is it. Um, and he then mentions the Apocalypse Now guy who was sought by the police for double murder. 
So he thinks it's got to be him. It's got to be the anointed. Yeah. Um, so, and they're all at the funeral home, Sunnydale funeral home. <laughs> and Buffy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you trying to hurt me? It's like, sorry, I beg your pardon. And in this moment, Owen shows up. And he's very confused to see the librarian <laughs> standing in his date's house. I mean, it must, you can take this, it's a great scene. I oh, oh actually, is. can I take, oh, I actually quite like this scene. <laughs> I think this potentially might be, oh, it's such a difficult episode to. It is, it's very difficult. Um, but the awkwardness with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, Xander and Willow are like, shit. Buffy's <laughs> like, oh, for fuck's sake, why is he, he keeps walking in on these most awkward moments. Owen's um, like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, he's like, why is the librarian? <laughs> and then Giles is like, this is beyond inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you have a date? Um, and um, and Buffy's like, yeah, I'll, I'll return those overdue books by tomorrow. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, you really care about your work. So and Willow and Xander take Owen to one side. And I, I love <laughs> Xander's interaction with Owen um, when he's proceeding to give Owen some advice. Um, and and it's you know, saying, well, you know, she doesn't like to be kissed. Actually, she doesn't like to be touched. <laughs> Willow's like, Xander. <laughs> and Xander goes, as a matter of fact, don't even look at her. <laughs> and he says just, it in such a threatening way. He really, yeah, it's very fatherly sort of, don't touch my daughter, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, meanwhile, Giles and Buffy, <laughs> Giles is like, another date? Don't you, do ever, don't you ever do anything else? She's like, this is the first one. This is my maiden voyage. Leave me alone. <laughs> Give me a break. And then Buffy's, trying to get out of having to go to the funeral home, just saying, look, this isn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's a car crash. I've not had a day off in a while. And she's obviously working. She's working Giles. Yeah, he's like, like, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's Um, true. And she's like, you know, Cranky Slayer is a careless slayer. (laughs) And I love the Clark Kent line. (laughs) Clark Kent has a job. I just want to go on a date. Date, Yeah. (laughs) This is the 90s, the 1990s. I love it. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, I suppose it's a slim lead. She's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. She, and she's like, look, if the apocalypse comes, beat me. I love it. It's, it's iconic. Perfect, perfect. You can get that on T-shirts, mugs, yeah. you name it. <laughs> and, and this is the episode. And I'm, I'm really not surprised at that amazing line that has endured for so many years and, and become one of Buffy's most famous lines is from this episode because there's so many amazing one-liners in this. Um, and um, But yeah, so Owen comes back into the, the scene um, and, and he's like, okay, is everything cool? And Buffy's like, yep, all done. And then they set off. So Buffy and Owen head on out. Giles is left. I love how Buffy just leaves... Giles in her house yeah Willow and Xander she's not going to lock up or anything (laughs) it's like bye and where's where's her mother during all this yeah 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 Uh, Buffy's mum is at the at the gallery or something yeah 
what have, having a dinner out herself um <laughs> conveniently not there at all mm. and willow and xander um check in with giles and say what's what's going on and giles is like oh it's the funeral home I, i'm gonna head there just in case um and there's another great back and forth between xander and willow where they are having a conversation but they are dis- they are thinking of two different things so xander is thinking um that it's it's bad news that they should go along for buffy and owen and then willow's saying exactly the same about giles going to the funeral home by himself um, by <laughs> himself that he could get into trouble so um and Xander's like, oh, he's super librarian. He'll be fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> librarians often hang out in funeral homes. That's it. But Buffy and Owen, no, that's not fine. We need Mm-mm. to go and check them out. So, and then we head to the bronze. Um, and this song is amazing. The one that's playing is called yeah. Strong. And it's, called, and it's by Velvet Chain. Uh, again, another one on the on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's a great um, music in this episode. It is, yeah. It's really, really great. And Owen is talking about Emily Dickinson and how much he loves her poetry. God, um, why doesn't he just date her? <laughs> yeah, I, I must say, at this point, I'm thinking, is this all he talks about? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very one-dimensional, is Owen. Yeah, um, we don't it, know what that's like. To talk about the same person again and again. No, not at all. (laughs) I mean, you know, hey, hey, (laughs) pipe down, okay? (laughs) We've been very good. We've been really, really good. We have. But anyway, Giles. (laughs) um, (laughs) But we do get a little insight uh, into Owen's attitude and his... Um, intrigue with morality and death and what he liked about Emily Dickinson was that you know and he, he likens himself you know he said oh she was very her life was uneventful very quiet I don't get out much and um, he then sort of says oh you know no it is my fault that I don't get out much I just find most girls a bit frivolous, frivolous. which again mm. is a bit old you yeah very interesting choice of word there. Yeah. Um, and and then he continues to drive that stake. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, there's more important things in life than dating. And it's like, Buffy right, looks, Giles. <laughs> yeah. Buffy looks very disappointed and is probably then thinking, not you as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's actually looking down because she's reminded of her beeper thing. Yes. Um, what is it? I can't remember what it's called. Beeping thing. Pa- is it a pager? Pager, that- pager, pager. Yeah. yeah. I never had those. That was a little before me. I just associate them with doctors and nurses yes. on call. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an odd thing for a teenager to have had, I think. But um, uh, I love when they just drop in just bits of technology. Yeah. <laughs> because it really dates. And I think that actually was... Um, that was why they made a big decision to keep technology out of it. Because, um, you know, of course, we were, as as the seasons progressed, you know, mobile phones were regularly used by a lot more people. And, mm. and of course, it, it, it can negate a whole 
plot line by just saying, well, I'll just call them. Yeah. Um, so, and they deliberately left them out. Um, but the other reason is so it doesn't date the series so much. Whereas now you often have that trope of someone's phone is dead when they need to call someone from the edge yes. of a cliff or wherever. <laughs> yeah, it's always really convenient, you know, where there's no signal, which is not yeah. too un- unrealistic, to be fair. No. <laughs> um, so, um, but uh, they go and head out to the dance floor. So Buffy's like, no, everything's fine. I'm enjoying myself. And she genuinely is really enjoying herself with Owen. And he actually points out, He's very observant. Mm. He actually points out that it's like he's with two different people. So there's this, you know, Buffy here in the moment, and then there's Buffy elsewhere. Um, and their moment is then interrupted yet again <laughs> by another amazing Cordy moment where it, again it's Cordy v Buffy. Yeah, she just, she's so brazen about She just strides on up there and tries to poach him <laughs> from Buffy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, here you are, all on your own. And he's like, but I'm not alone, I'm with Buffy. She's like, yeah, do you want to dance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not listening to you. And her comment about him helping the needy. <laughs> oh, I know. She's, it's so mean. It's brutal. But it, Buffy wins out again, so it's... Two yep. two nil to, to Buffy. Um when Owen basically says, No, I'm with Buffy, and Buffy said, Go away, Cordelia. And then we're we're heading to the funeral home with the Giles Mobile rolling into play. Yeah. So I have got a, a bit of information about that car, but it's not this episode. It's a lot further along. Um but all I will say is I think at this point the car is is drivable under its own steam by the looks of it. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the case for the next few series. <laughs> Sorry, seasons, seasons. And he, he gets gets out of his, his car and uh, he's got a, a big bag of steaks and all sorts. Mm. And it's I think this is a it's just a really very straightforward uh, camera work where he hears something, he looks over, the camera follows where he's looking, then it swings back in interview. So he's he turns back around and right in front of him is a vampire. And it's an ugly looking vampire. Yeah. These vampires look scarier this episode. They do, yeah. They do look very creepy. Yeah, and he... He whisks out a... Uh, oh, no, he doesn't, does he? He looks around and he just very <laughs> simply... Because, of course, he... Because it's a PG-12 or whatever it was at the time, he can't swear. So Giles just says, damn. <laughs> he, knows he's, he knows he's in trouble. Commercial break. <laughs> Commercial break. Ooh. And Giles is in trouble, and we're back at the same scene. Um, Giles is caught. I think there's two vampires, and these are the Order Order of Aurelius. Um, so these are the 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 really. I think they're really. I think they're really old, so they look really ugly. I think that's why they're so bad looking. Maybe I don't know. Um, 
he then pulls a cross out from his bag and holds it up. And of course, they cower away from the crucifix. And he runs inside, which I don't understand why he did this. <laughs> like, this is the point where I'd be in that car and I would just, it'd be full steam ahead. Or, well, you know, well, I wouldn't have high to be hopes fair, for it. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he probably looked at his car and thought, that's not going to fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally, have you seen, um, I'm completely digressing now, but have you seen uh, Alan Partridge? Yes. <laughs> when when, he, when he, he shouts at someone and then he he tries to wind the window up <laughs> and they're heading towards him. He's like, oh no, and he's winding the window up manually and it's really slow. <laughs> he can't do it any faster. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, the car would probably be like snail's pace. Yeah. With the vampires just walking alongside of him. So, yeah, okay, actually, on second thought, he probably would have been safe in the building. Or just <laughs> running. Just legging it. Yeah, just um, run. So, but no, he runs inside into with the With a load of corpses. Yeah. With a load of corpses that potentially also has the anointed inside. But, you know, he's super librarian, isn't he? So Yeah. Um, and they, f- they follow him in. Because, of course, they can come into a public building. Then we're back to the bronze. And Velvet Chain, who I believe are actually on the stage in the bronze, they're playing a a different song called Treason. Another really good song, but it's not on the soundtrack. So you just need to find Velvet Chain on Spotify or wherever it is. And Owen and Buffy are still dancing and... They're enjoying themselves and it's all lovely and great. And Buffy's like, yeah, I feel almost like a girl. Almost like a girl. Almost like a girl. And then we're back into the funeral home. Now, again, we're back and forth. So we yeah. know what's, <laughs> we know what act this is. <laughs> <laughs> and Giles is running around <laughs> trying to find <laughs> a safe sp- space. Um, why he tries to open the flower room, I don't know. <laughs> But fortunately, <laughs> fortuitously, it's locked. Yeah. Um, and he then runs into, I, I don't know what room this would be. Is it the it's morgue? Not, yeah, I, th- I thought it was the morgue. Yeah, because there's bodies in there. In yeah. The, yeah. And he, he looks around and he's like, he's pulling, <laughs> it's just like anything and everything. I mean, he does pull a filing cabinet, which you think, yeah, okay. Yeah, big bulky thing in front of the door. M- makes sense. A chair, not so much, but he's desperate. It's fine. We understand. And the windows are all barred when he goes over to them. And then I must say, it always gets me when Willow and Xander open the window. (laughs) It always scares the shit out of me. But also, the windows, it's open already. I don't understand. Yeah. Ventilation? Ventilation. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, it gets a bit smelly in there yeah so they've arrived they've just seen the two vampires they scared the shit out of giles he thinks someone's about to attack (laughs) yes yeah and is this very similar reaction to the the cat in the witch (laughs) yes he's like (laughs) (laughs) nice kitty (laughs) (laughs) nice kitty um and they, they, so Xander and Willow, they spot the, the two guys running in after Giles um, and he's trapped. And then they actually say, oh, this, 
this looks like a job for Buffy, which I'm sure is a play on the, is it Superman? This looks like a job for Superman. And Giles is like, yeah, she she has her beeping thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called either, mate. It's fine. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know what the beeping thing is, the um, pager thing, basically you could send a message via a phone to the pager and it would come up in text form. Mm. I don't know how you would send the words from the phone, but you needed a phone to do it. He he says no phone, of course, meaning there's no phone in the room. Yes. Um, so, um, which is what I think that's what he means. Yeah, it's it's that. very confusing for people who are like, what's a pager? What yeah, what's what's the 1990s? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was the 20th century. Um, so the best thing is Xander and Willow have to go and find Buffy. That's that's all we need to know. And Giles is like, do hurry. <laughs> yeah, please hurry. Um, so and we go back to the bronze. Owen and Buffy are chatting away. He asks if she wants something to eat. And Cordelia is literally seething in the corner, in the shadows. And she's like, oh, disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) So inappropriate, all in public. I mean, I've never seen a girl throw herself at a guy like that, Uh (laughs) revolting. And she's really, you know, really, well, unfairly slagging Buffy off. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Angel walks past her. <laughs> and she's immediately attracted to him. Owen who? Oh, hello. Salty goodness. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. And when she says, pick up the phone, call 911. That boy is going to need some serious oxygen after I'm through with him. It's like, wow, Cordelia. Uh, and she stalks after Angel, like properly goes after him. And then, of course, realises he's talking to Buffy. It's like, oh, my God, this girl just gets everybody I want. I think it's uh, this really sums up Cordelia's character, though, when she actually says, why is this happening to me? Yeah. (laughs) And you think, okay, all right. (laughs) So, yeah, so we have a, a lovely interaction between Angel and Buffy. And they're really sort of clashing their attitudes are grinding against each other a little here because Angel's a bit impatient with Buffy. Um, And Buffy's like, oh, here we go again, you know, doom and gloom guy. And Angel's like, there's some serious shit happening and you need to be out there. Buffy's just had enough of being told what to do by these guys (laughs) in her life. Yeah, because it is always the guys. Yeah, telling her. And she's like, I know, prophecy, anointed one. Yada, yada, yada. Go away. I'm on a date. <laughs> For someone who is older than Buffy, because he's clearly older, he has to, you know, and he's just telling her about how dangerous tonight is and how important it all is. But he has to say, oh, you're, you're on a date? Yeah, it's like, it's like what oh, are you, Xander? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of similarities between the two, Yeah, to be honest. Um, so he's showing his um, immaturity, I think, as well. And Buffy's just getting so she's like, "Yes, I'm on a date for fuck's sake, <laughs> leave me alone. I'm trying to be on a date." Um, and then we get this awkward moment. In, yeah, introduction. <laughs> yeah, 
where it's like, oh, this is a guy that I don't really know. And this is the guy that I'm trying to have a date with and I don't really know. <laughs> and I'm now introducing these two guys that I don't know <laughs> together. And it's the most awkward thing. But they have this like, hey, hey. <laughs> and so Owen's sad. like, how do you know Buffy? And Angel's like, work. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you, you work? You work. <laughs> um, so, and then this whole moment, thankfully for Buffy, is interrupted by Willow and Xander just running in, um, bouldering up to them and basically saying shit's going down. But of course they can't say that because yeah. Owen is there. So they have to pretend to be a couple and yeah. suggest a double date. <laughs> and Buffy <laughs> doesn't get the hint at first. She's like, so you two are a thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were seeing each other. And they're like, oh, well, you know, why fight it? Um, and the offer Xander is like you know because of the fun we can have a double date and you know go somewhere together and Buffy's like yeah no no it's just me and Owen please leave us alone and Xander's thinking I'm just gonna have to be really 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 obvious now (laughs) Um, and he mentions the funeral home Willow's like, yeah, I always wanted to go there. And it's now dawning on Buffy. Because, of course, Giles has mentioned the funeral home to her just before. And Owen, surprisingly, pipes up. And he's like, yeah, that sounds really cool. We can sneak in. So it completely backfires. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, no, no, no. You're not supposed to do this. Yeah. Um, and Xander was like, yeah, there's some guys in there. And they seem to be having fun. Fun meaning they are vampires and they're causing a ruckus. So Buffy, again, with a, an amazing line <laughs> that is said multiple times throughout the series. She says, bite me. <laughs> in <laughs> exasperation to herself. Um looks over to Angel and I really like his look with this and he's like yeah I told you shit's about to hit the fan and you need to be out there and Buffy does the right thing she says right Owen I've got to go and Owen's like no 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 we're going to the funeral home aren't we there's a double date (laughs) (laughs) so and she's like no no I've really got to go Uh, but I will be back she says that thing about, you know, how you said it was like, I was like, two people? One of me is having a really good time and the other needs to go. <laughs> it's very sweet. And I, I yeah. think, you know, you, you can see Buffy realising, and I think this is it. This is the parallels. So this whole episode is about parallels. Yeah. And this is where Buffy realises that she has to be two different people. Mm-hmm. and. She has to sacrifice one or the other. And her sense of duty wins out, of course. And she's like, I've got to go. I will be back, though. I promise. And she heads off, leaving Owen. And this is a really great setup of scene where you've got Buffy on the right side of the screen, Owen on the left. But in the middle of them, watching and listening, of course, is Angel. Yeah. When Buffy leaves the screen, 
we just see Owen and then Angel in the background. And quite really surprisingly, she runs back into shop and properly lays a kiss on him, which sends him, well, speechless. Until, and he says it to Angel, because Angel comes, walks up over to him. He mutters, she's the strangest girl, which is, of course, what Giles said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an, it's an odd one. And I think this is, this is where the parallels come in. So you have Owen, which is the Buffy who is the normal girl. And she's already mentioned it. I feel like a normal girl. That's Owen. That's her potential. And then you've got the Giles side, the Slayer side, and her duty. And that is obviously beating down and raining down on her. Yeah, so I think that's, it's definitely an episode of Parallels. Definitely. So they arrive at the funeral home, and you think that's going to be it then for Owen, but it turns out he has actually followed them there. Yeah. Really inconveniently. <laughs> and, you know, Buffy's like, oh, no. Because it's not like she's ever, you know, gone against what Giles told her not to do. <laughs> no. Yeah. So they are, well, they're all in the, they're in the corridor at the moment, aren't they? And Yeah. Um, they're trying to ascertain. So Buffy's like, where, where is he? Because, of course, Giles is stuck in that morgue room and Buffy heads off well as they say to Owen to make sure that there's no guards Owen is just obsessed with seeing a dead body yeah because he he doesn't get out much so you know no but you know it's a new one for him (laughs) I get out a lot and you know you don't need to see a dead body to (laughs) to qualify for being being out a lot um so yeah he he's definitely he's he's obsessed with which we already know because Emily Dickinson, he's obsessed with morality and and how morbid she was. He's also incredibly morbid. Buffy walks into the the morgue and the door is open and it's trashed. Everything is everywhere. There's bits and pieces strewn all over the place. All the bars on the windows, they're all bent open and ripped open, um, which doesn't look or bode well. And very quietly she she calls after Giles and (laughs) he swings this door open right on cue slides out (laughs) on this it's a gurney I think isn't it yeah Uh, where there's a (laughs) body it's a body which I love it it's just you can see it's very clearly a mannequin without any arms (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah bless him he he slides out he slides into the shot (laughs) And he's oh good, it is you. <laughs> and uh, he says, "Oh, well, I was more than a match for for the two brethren that came in here." She's like, "Meaning?" <laughs> and he's like, "I hid." <laughs> <laughs> and this chap, <laughs> yeah, this chap was good enough to bunk with me. Um, so uh, anyway, he he jumps down, and they well, Buffy's like, "Were they here because of you, or is it for the prophecy?" And he says, "Well, we need to find." We need to find that out because we don't know if the anointed is here or or has been taken. And he's not sure because I don't know what these brethren mean to do. Um, Find the anointed or or give him something. It's all very vague. And of course, 
they might be long gone with him now. So um, they then say, right, okay, we need to find out. <laughs> Buffy's like, right, okay, I just need to get Owen and the others out of harm's way. <laughs> and Giles is like, Owen's here. You brought, you brought a, a date? You brought a date? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I didn't bring him, he came. And this, <laughs> this is my favourite line of the episode. Buffy, when I said you could slay vampires and have a social life, I didn't mean at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, and at this point, Buffy's like, I, I will get rid of him. I know. And, and of course, Giles points out, he's like, you can't just let him walk out there because the brethren are out there. And he, Giles is like, I'll just, I'll go. And she's like, no, my God. <laughs> you. He's going to have more questions. <laughs> And I must say, I have to agree with Buffy here because she's already had to hide the fact that this librarian was in her house. Yeah. <laughs> then her then her best friends turn up. Then her, apparently, a work colleague <laughs> turns up. <laughs> then now they're at the funeral home. It's, with the librarian. <laughs> with with now the librarian. It's a very odd... You can, you can see Buffy sort of going, oh, my God, I've got too many plates to spin here and this is this is where her lives collide and um she actually says a very similar actually sort of tone when in the first episode welcome to the hellmouth when she's leaving the bronze to go after willow and the vampire that willow doesn't know is a vampire and giles says oh i'll, I'll come with you and she said no, i'll take care i will take care of it and it's the tone of phrase that she has where she's like no I will take care of it, not you. I'm going to do it. And she runs off and she heads around the corner and sees the others. Willow's like, is everything okay? Thinking, is Giles okay? And of course, Buffy's like, yeah, it's fine. Can't say, yes, the librarian who is here, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> he's here again. He's popping up. Uh, yes, he's fine. And um, Owen's like, no, we can't go yet. We're not done looking around. And Buffy's like, let's find a nice, safe, fun room to look around in because we can't leave. <laughs> well, they head towards the office, don't they? Mm. And Owen's like, oh, we tried in there, but it's locked. <laughs> and Buffy's like, breaking the lock with ease. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Heads on in. And basically, yeah, Owen's, Owen's like, well, I don't think we'll find much in here. And Buffy's, that's the plan. So Owen's a lot more confused now <laughs> by Buffy's attitude of hiding. Yeah. And hiding away from any danger. And then she has to suddenly run off to use the bathroom. Yeah. I to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Which is code for, I need to get back to the librarian. Yes. And she instructs him to barricade the door and she heads back down the hallway and back to Giles in the morgue where they start looking for the body. And this scene is really great. I mean, they use yeah. some of this in the opening. Uh, but if you watch it as many times as I have, <laughs> uh, you will notice that the, it's, the camera is in the same position mm. and it's looking at the same thing in the background. Um, and all they've done very, very cleverly, very simply, is just change the height of the actor that opens the door. So there's a mix of Buffy and Giles opening the doors. And they've obviously got one of them on their knees or on a table or hidden down or whatever. Um, so and there's one, the last one that Buffy's bending down. 
uh, into so it looks like it's the the bottom the bottom level so uh, but it's yeah it's actually the same same one so they've clearly put the camera up set it up and, and filmed that 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 whole scene in one go it is really cool it looks really good yeah it's really good i mean it's it's only if you you know you see it so many times you go oh the clock's in the same place yeah <laughs> um now they open up the last drawer and find that there's nothing there that no dead bodies at all and meanwhile in the office willow and xander are piling furniture just as useful items of furniture as giles was doing so they've decided to put cushions in front of the door <laughs> stuff yeah, like that because that'll work yeah and owen is looking around and he opens this curtain and there's a body covered with a sheet and he again very oldie weldy says oh my <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh yeah very 1800s <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, then we're back into the morgue again. Buffy and Giles are still looking. It's a great little montage of, you know, yeah. all opening the drawers. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing. And they they just then say, well, this the anointed must be gone. And Buffy's like, well, this is where all the dead bodies are kept, right? <laughs> but, of course, <laughs> Owen's looking at a dead body right now yeah. through this pane of glass in this other room. and. He said, I've, I've never seen a body before. I've read a lot about death. But I've not seen a dead body. And he then notices the hand twitch. And he's, bless him, so innocently says, do they usually move? <laughs> um, of which then there is a <laughs> shitstorm when the sheet, when the guy sits up, pulls the sheet off. And we see a familiar face. <laughs> the the apocalypse now guy but he's now a vampire and he looks really he's a really good baddie he yeah. just looks he's very he's, scary yeah uh, and he looks back at them and he goes i have been judged <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> um, you say so yeah and they they are um yeah they're frozen to the spot and they realize well obviously Owen has never seen anything like this, uh, let alone a dead body. And this is just, I mean, how many times they had to do this, I don't know. But Apocalypse Now walks over to the the glass window and in one go, <laughs> fucking headbutts it. <laughs> Smash. I mean, it's so hard. Oh. It's unbelievable. And yeah. how he does it, it's like, doosh. And it, <laughs> it, the whole thing goes. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if they had like a trigger or something to make it, but it's perfect. It's, it's great. Uh, or a sh sugar glass or something, <laughs> isn't it? It that, must what be. They call yeah, it. It yeah. must be. And um, at, at this point, they literally like start screaming <laughs> <laughs> and um, and trying to, you know, go get all the furniture, all the cushions out of the way. I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? Where we've sat on a friend's sofa or friend's mum's sofa and there's about 50 pillows. Yes. Cushion, 50 <laughs> cushions. And you have to move about 10 of them on the floor before you can sit yeah. down. Um, that's essentially what the guys had piled up against this door. So actually, it probably would have kept everyone out. But the, the smashing of the glass, Buffy and Giles here, and she starts heading over to the office. Meanwhile, in the office, 
which they've locked in. This apocalypse now is he's going, he is risen in me. He fills my head with sarn and all the rest of it. <laughs> and then he says, <laughs> I actually had to put, <laughs> I had to put the, um, what is it? The subtitles. The subtitles. And he's, I was like, does he actually say this? He says, pork and beans. Yeah. I was like, what? I'm sorry? <laughs> pork and beans. Yeah. Pork and beans. I can smell you. <laughs> <laughs> he's very hungry. He's, yeah, he's, he's ready. He's ready to go. And he steps out into the office. He steps over the um, the window frame and they just about make it out and they stop running out. And he's taunting after them. He's like, I'll suck the blood from your hearts. He sees I'm a and stuff like that. It's horrible. <laughs> he's got real uh, good cadence to him. Though. Yeah. And uh, they all run into to Buffy and they, they're like, he's in there, he's in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, they just chase it and she's like, right, get out now. Go, go, go. Um, and they, they continue running and you can hear him singing <laughs> before you see him. And I think that's what makes him scarier. Yeah. When singing is involved, it's always that little bit more creepy. Yeah, definitely. And I think they do they use that again in another episode later on in season three. And it really, really works. It's so, so mm. effective. Yeah. And then Xander, Willow and Owen, they get to the exit, but it's blocked. So the other vampires stood outside but for some reason they can't go in now <laughs> conveniently yeah don't quite know what's happening there and they carry on running around and they hit a dead end and owen is he's getting a bit he's like this is too much buffy rushes into the morgue meanwhile and giles is still there i, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing <laughs> sort of he's filing his books or something <laughs> um and buffy's like what have you i need a steak have you got a steak and she rushes back out. Before she does, he's like, what should I do? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, she's like, you, you've got to go outside and make sure the others are okay. Um, but before she heads out, before that happens, Apocalypse turns up, fucking grabs Buffy and <laughs> throws her like a rag doll into all the, the silver casing for where all yeah. the dead bodies are stored. And it knocks her. It actually knocks her unconscious. So we actually have a knockout, a Buffy knockout. Yeah. As well, which is unbelievable because I don't think that really happens. No, no. Um, Giles screams after Buffy and rushes over to her, even though this apocalypse bloke's coming in. We need to actually find out what his name is. It doesn't matter. His name is Apocalypse. <laughs> He's uh, bare-chested as well, and he's just literally, he's so well-built. He's the, one of those sort of people that has to, they have to almost waddle from side to side when they walk. Yeah. You know, when they, because they, they don't walk, they shift. <laughs> they shift their, <laughs> yeah. body, shift their body forward. And he's just going, um, he's saying all sorts of shit as well. <laughs> Just the same same madman stuff is what he was. Pork and beans, blah blah blah. Pork and beans. <laughs> I can smell you. Um, <laughs> so can I at this point. Yeah. Um and um back in the hall, Owen, bless him, decides that Buffy needs help. He's he's very heroic. 
considering yeah. I mean, he obviously doesn't know what what's in store. But <laughs> I think he's you know he's showing his worth, and he rushes in t- towards the morgue direction, and then the other two follow. Buffy's just about waking up, um, but but still on you know she's still out of it and everything, and apocalypse is upon Giles now. And we all know how this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> but he tries his best. He's got he his does. He's got his cross, his trusty yeah. little cross. And um, he holds it up. I think he, he was obviously quite religious before he was turned. And he's like, why does he hurt me? You know, because it's burning <laughs> him and stuff. So Which I'm is like... actually what Buffy <laughs> asked Giles earlier in the episode. Oh, yes. Why do you want to hurt me? Yeah. Another parallel. It's a... Yeah. I, yeah, I miss that. That's a really good one. And he just literally just slaps Giles's hand away. <laughs> Cross goes flying, grabs Giles, picks him up, throws him like another ragdoll into the other wall on the other side of the room. Giles hits his head as usual, but he hits it <laughs> off the worst possible thing. There's some sort of button on the wall that activates the furnace. Yes. <laughs> Because it's the, it's the crematorium, isn't it? Yeah. That they're in. Um, so this room has got everything. <laughs> it's got literally central heating. It's got a fridge. <laughs> it's secure. It's got a filing cabinet. It's got useless bits of furniture. But it's missing bars from the window now. Yeah. Unfortunately. Get those repaired. Yeah. Um, so, and the window is unfortunately open as well all the time. Yeah. To let the heat out. To let smell. Let smell. Yeah. Um, Which, of course, Apocalypse can smell them, of course. And, (laughs) yeah, so Giles is now unconscious. Erwin runs in, sees Buffy, and Apocalypse is just about to smash Buffy again and completely obliterate her. When Erwin grabs this silver tray and smashes it into the back, of Apocalypse back and every time it gets me I'm like oh god I actually I feel it I feel it so much because there's no way that you would not be able to (laughs) hit someone and hurt them it's just just with the flat surface even if you were to you know pull back at the last minute you are still slapping them on the back with a bit of metal (laughs) um and um yeah this um Apocalypse is He's holding Buffy, isn't he? He's, he's grabbed yeah. her. So he, he drops, lets Buffy go, and she lands on the floor heavily, and Apocalypse grabs Owen by the neck, and he goes to bite him. And there's a, it's just occurred to me what Owen grabs and smashes over Apocalypse's head, because it's all dust, isn't it? It's an Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and Owen heads over like a hero. He's also wearing a velvet jacket. Velvet was definitely in in the 90s. And he's like, oh, he tried to bite me. What a sissy. <laughs> and we get a third knockout. Yeah. Um, so Apocalypse knockout. <laughs> <laughs> grabs Owen and opens one of the drawers or the doors and smashes that into the back of Owen's head. And he's like, dead. <laughs> he he was found wanting. 
and that is just more than enough for Buffy. She gets up, she's had recovery time, she's fine, and she starts to beat the shit out of Apocalypse. This whole scene is just phenomenal with, with the fighting, it's great. I think this is probably one of the best Buffy fight scenes. Yeah. And definitely one of the best Buffy takedowns of a baddie. You know, considering he's he's not a big bad either. Yeah. So this is obviously not on that level. But it's just how she loses her temper. She's like, you killed my date? <laughs> <laughs> Willow and Xander, they arrive. And they spot that Owen is actually waking up. And Willow's just about to tell Buffy that Owen's okay. He's not dead. Yeah. And Xander, um, and I do like this judgment call from Xander. And he's like, mm-hmm. just, just wait. Willow, just give her a sec. And she is going full out. She's punching his face, she's punching his chest, she's punching his 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 abdomen, everything. She's literally kicking him, punching him. She's still <laughs> screaming, You killed my date. <laughs> um and at this same time, Giles regains consciousness. Coming round at so, just the right time. Yeah. And he's not got his glasses on, by the way. No. So that. fair play to him for his accuracy yeah. in this next bit. <laughs> well, no, he then has them on immediately afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Continuity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's severely lacking in some episodes. Yeah. Uh, particularly when it comes to Giles's glasses. There's one particular <laughs> episode in season three, which is really... Even people that don't obsess over Giles <laughs> notice it. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. Who are these people? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, he lunges at Buffy, who sidesteps, and he launches himself onto the metal gurney thing that's in the middle of the room. And it's on rollers, on wheels, (laughs) and it just rolls straight into the open furnace door, which Giles perfectly, beautifully times. He kicks the metal thing out the way and slams the door (laughs) and cremates Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So um, unfortunately Owen is just coming out of it so he has no idea that this has all transpired before his eyes and uh, so Buffy's like oh yeah we scared him away. (laughs) He's gone. (laughs) And um, she helps him up and um, she's like oh I suppose this is not what you had in mind for the first date. He's like, yeah, I thought we'd finish up at Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> and Buffy's is... like, maybe we still could. He's like, nah, I don't no, think so. I'm okay. And you do think, oh no. And also a bit a bit of like, after everything I just did to save your life yeah. and you don't want to finish our date at Ben and Jerry's. I know. Uh, but he's he's out of it. He's yeah, he doesn't know where yeah. home is and stuff. Um, Xander and Willow they'll say we'll we'll get him home safely. Um, and um, as they lead Owen away, Giles walks into shock, which again is an I think is another parallel. There is there's Buffy's normal life, potential normal life, walking away, and then there's Buffy's for want of a better word supernatural life coming back into the fore mm. in the form of Giles. And he tries to say anything or something. And she's like, don't, just don't even, I don't want to talk about it. And then we're at the 
the next day and we're back at school. Yeah. I think sometimes you forget that they're at school the next day as well. And you think, yeah, oh, like all this exhausted. happening on a school night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy. I, mean, I, have, I, I struggle and, you know, I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. but yeah, so they're, they're summarizing everything that happened that night. And yeah. again, it's another really nice Buffy Willow moment where, you know, Buffy's like, is Owen, did he say anything on the way home? And and Xander, of course, is there as well and doesn't help. And Willow's like, oh, do you mean specifically about you? She's like, well, generally in the area, you know, some sort of indication. And, and Xander's like, no, <laughs> no, we didn't. Nah, forget him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Willow's, Willow's been just such a good friend. She's like, well, he he was really out of it. But to everyone's surprise, Owen walks over to Buffy and they have a chat. And Owen wants to see her again. Which is kind of, it's a, it's a little like earlier in the episode where she thinks he's lost interest in her because he was dancing with Cordelia and then he's like let's go on a date so it's like that moment again where it's like oh I'm not done yet I want to see you again yeah and he's he's obviously he he just has to have time to reflect and think about things and and because of that you know that he's very considered yeah um but he's got the wrong priorities unfortunately he he starts talking about how alive he felt by nearly getting himself killed yeah Um, and can we go and pick a fight in the bar and and it's that moment when Buffy kind of realizes, oh, he he wants the the excitement, the danger, the sort of unpredictability, and she hasn't got time for that, for a relationship that's like got to be centered around that. Yeah. When there's already so much chaos going on. Yes. Um, and she she makes her sacrifice, um, the first of many, and she says, I I can't. I we just have to be friends. Um, I can't carry on seeing you. And this song in the background, yeah. I don't know what it's called. I think it's something like the sun falls down or something. And it's a lovely song. Um, and it just it just makes you sort of go, oh, <laughs> yeah. It just adds to the emotion of it. It really does. So Owen dejectedly walks away. Uh, and again, for the second time, he walks away. She watches their normal life or the potential for a normal life walk away. And right behind, coming back into shot, is Giles. Um, yeah. And on this occasion, Buffy allows Giles to stick around, I think. She doesn't say, no, I don't want to talk about it or anything. She, uh, He's at a loss, though. Uh, and they go and sit down on this bench. And I think this this is your favourite scene, yeah? It is, yeah, because it just, it says so much. Um, Giles starts telling her this story about when he was 10 years old and his father told him that he was destined to be a watcher. And we find out that he would much rather have been a fighter pilot or, as he says, possibly a grocer. Grocer, <laughs> bless him. <laughs> And do you know why just, that is? Why is that? Do you know a gross? <laughs> do you know a possibly a grocer? Do you know why you said that? I don't. For those of you that don't know, the series continued into comic book form. Ah, right. Yeah. Um, and 
there was a lot of spin-off series and one-off series planned. One of them was a Giles-centric series, which is a complete crime to humanity that it was never made. Oh, yes. Um, we could have a whole episode just on the injustice of that. Yeah. Um, and what is worse is that there was a script. It was meant to be a three-parter. It was going to be in joint with the BBC. Mm. It would have been made in the UK. Would have starred Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. And there was other cast members also cast as well. I won't give too much away because if you read the comics, there's a lot of that series that was written because it didn't happen. They started to put elements of that series into the comic books. And there was a lot of backstory, which would have obviously been explained in the same manner as as we're getting here. And uh, it turns out Giles's grandfather was a greengrocer, mm. which is why he wanted to be one when he was a little boy. Oh. There you go. So, yeah. Oh. But that's all. T- I mean, obviously, when they were writing this, they had no concept. Of- <laughs> yeah. They probably just um, thought that would be funny. Yeah, it's just <laughs> random. So, But it's just nice how, you know, they just tie everything up. Um, so, uh, but yeah, there is a, a reason why. But yeah, sorry, I completely digress. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I love this scene because it's just, that's the moment where you think, oh, he gets it. He understands about sacrifice and things. And despite his objections to, you know, oh, she's going on a date, you know, why is she doing this? Ultimately, he he feels sorry for her that this is, that things have turned out this way. And he shows that when he says about Owen that he seems like a nice lad. Yeah. And it's just, so he understands how, I suppose, this is way down the line, but we get a sense of how lonely it is to be the Slayer. And I suppose Giles understands that loneliness and experiences it himself in other ways Mm. in later seasons when he's feeling, you know, a bit at a loss for what to do and things like that. Um, Of course, we don't know any of this now, but I just... Yeah, I just think it's a really good scene. It's sort of another turning point in their relationship, their dynamic. Mm. Um, and it's just a, there's a nice little tender moment between them when he tells her that he thinks she's doing pretty well as a slayer. Yes. Which I love. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> you can tell he's sort of, he's like, oh, should I tell her this? Yeah. And he's quite bashful about, about it. And um and then they, they both have these like hundred kilowatt smiles to, to each yeah. other, which is really lovely. It's it's um, a sign that, you know, he actually like you know, he's he's exasperated with her at times, but he really is starting to care about yes. her as a person. Yeah. And that's I think that's reciprocated. Yeah. You know, Buffy is incredibly exasperated by him. Mm-hmm. as well she finds him just as annoying as he finds her <laughs> but they you know work beyond that they begin to care and and Buffy actually mentions in that scene where she's like you know Owen could get himself killed or I'd get him killed or someone else yeah uh, and she's looking at Giles going you could have died if I hadn't turned up mm. 
And he's um, telling her, look, this is all on me. I chose, I went to the funeral home of my own free will, etc. But Buffy is, no, it's it's my responsibility. I should have been there. This was my, this is my gig, not yours. Mm. And I, I think that's a really, as you said, a turning point for, for Buffy as well. Yeah, because um, we had one in the third episode where she was like, you saved my life. And she's just in awe of him. Yeah. And this is another one of those moments where it's like, he, he's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, it's, it is, it's a lovely scene. And um, mm. I, I think um, if you hadn't have picked this one, I, I'd have said this one. Um, yeah. So um, it's mine. I, All mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's your scene. Okay, fine. But I have the rest of the episode. Um, and, uh, but we're not done with no. the, the lovely smiles, smiley faces that they're beaming at each other because we head back to the master's lair, which I love. After Giles says, well, you know, at least that, you know, she said, well, I yes. got rid of the anointed. Yep, you did. Yeah. And at least the master will be having a fairly bad day yes. because of that. But of course, he jinxed it by saying yeah. that. It ain't true. No. Um, Because the master is, he's, going through the whole words again and the Slayer will not know him, she will not stop him and he will lead her into hell. And he kneels down to welcome his anointed friend who is the little boy from the bus. Not Mr. Apocalypse Not Mr. Now. Apocalypse Now. And I love, the little boy's name is Colin, I think. Yeah. I love this episode. It is definitely one of i think one of my favorites yeah it's brilliant there's just so much packed in so much there is definitely (laughs) there's actually not a huge amount of buffy kills so she kills one vamp at the beginning and then the apocalypse now Mm -hmm. she kills him i swear one of these times you're gonna wake up in a coma wake up in a never mind she gets knocked out. Giles gets knocked out. Owen gets knocked out. There's a lot of knockouts. Yeah. Who is your favourite character? I struggled to choose, so I'm going to have to declare it a tie and say Giles and Buffy. Oh. Because for me, as far as this whole episode is concerned, they complement each other so well. Yes. And I... it. To me, it would just feel unfair if I picked one over the other because I think they have an equal part to play in the yeah. whole story. I'm, I'm really glad you said that because I was going to say the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, as you said, they really they parallel each mm-hmm. other. And um, in this particular episode, they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, and the episode's format dances between them both and it's um uh, yeah it's it's so good but yeah I, I mean the the more you watch it with parallels in mind the more you see um, yeah and um and it's it there's some very deliberate parallels like with you know him Giles saying the same thing as Owen and I mean that that's obviously it's meant to draw you in it's meant to make you go oh hang on a minute he just said that but I mean ultimately you know Buffy at the end she makes that sacrifice yeah and she realizes that she has to embrace her destiny as a slayer a little more 
Yeah, heavy Safe. stuff. <laughs> it's heavy, yeah. <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy. And and I think that's the other thing, though, is that the whole series does this so, so well. You know, it picks up those parallels, you know, of a, you know, a young young girl making these decisions. Yes, okay, you know, there's a parallel in it already in, in the story where, you know, the supernatural represents other forms of normal life. Mm. But, um, you know, to see Buffy battling those those decisions, you know, do, do I go on this date or do I go and do what, the responsible thing that I should be doing? I think the other thing is it's okay to make a mistake. And Buffy, yeah. you know, she does make mistakes and she's not perfect. Yeah, and, and that's why and... she's so relatable because, you know, you can look up to her as like this super strong, like, you know, girls everywhere going that's what I want to be but she's also human and you can see yourself in her in lots yes. of different ways yeah definitely so the next episode that we'll be re-watching on previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer is The Pack this is episode six and this actually marks halfway through season one. So I can't believe we're quite here already, uh, Sarah, bearing in mind that we've, we started this uh, a few weeks ago. We've had a, a few trials and tribulations with, with recording. Um, I we can't have. believe we're here. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's such a short season compared to the others as well. So uh, yeah, before you know it, we'll be on season two. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> What do you um, think of the pack? Yeah, it's it's good. I like it. There's more sort of drama with Xander to look forward to. I think this this one is is great because it, it brings again the the dynamic of the show where they were they were doing you know a big bad a week, um, yeah. you know, and a different a, a different foe for the Scoobies to uh, go up against and hopefully win. Yeah, so I look forward to seeing a bit more of my one of the best characters of season one, Principal Flutie, <laughs> which oh, is always I good. I love him. I love Principal Flutie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's personally, this is not one of my favourite episodes. I don't mind it. I think it's very well acted, but I've just I've never enjoyed watching it as as much as as other episodes. Um, yeah. I kind of I remember when I used to watch this on VHS. Um, I used to forward a lot of the actual scenes, but yeah, I mean it's it is it's a great episode, and I hope on the rewatch that I'll have a I will be looking at it with, with different eyes anyway. So. Yeah, I mean it is hard to follow an episode like the one we've just discussed. I think, yeah, I think that's probably where where it falls down a little short. Mm. Um, so. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And thank yeah. you again for listening. And please do keep sharing your favourite scenes, your favourite lines, which outfit you liked. What was your favourite character from Never Kill a Boy on the first date? Or, you know, if you can't choose one character, perhaps you've got two. Like us. <laughs> That's parallels. absolutely fine. You can have as many favourite characters as you like. Before we do go as well, we just wanted to have a quick shout out to 
um, an amazing, well, there's a lot of amazing artists that are uh, in love with the show as much as we are. And we've had the privilege of working with one particular artist called Ghost Rabbit. Um, and she's very kindly worked on some unique watercolours for our podcast. Um, now, we've been sharing those as and when um, over the last few weeks. And we we feel really guilty because we just keep saying to her, can you do this one? Can you do this? Can you do that? <laughs> Um, but please do um, check out the work that she's done for us, but also all of her other watercolour artwork. It really is amazing. And the speed and the pace and the talent that she has of, of actually working watercolour, because it's, it's a really difficult medium um, to, to, to work with, but she's a master at it. So do go and check out her, her work. So she's on X and also Instagram um, as Ghost Rabbit. Or if you want to head to our profiles, we've tagged her in our posts as well. Yeah, she's very, very talented and I know would really appreciate uh, the follows and comments on how amazing her artwork is because she really, really deserves it. She definitely does. And what we hope to do as well is highlight other artists um, writers, videographers, anyone who's done something that's been inspired by the show. Uh, we'd love to highlight and maybe give you a shout out um, or even just discuss it. We, we yeah. mentioned a video last episode uh, and we'd like to try th to do this ev every episode if we can. So if you have anything that you'd like us to share or if you want us to highlight, please do send it across. Uh, and you can contact us on our social media platforms, which is on X. Instagram and also TikTok. And of course, if you would love to actually come on the podcast and chat to us about it or just about Buffy in general, we would love that too. Don't be shy. Yes. Yeah, we, we definitely want to hear more from everyone. So please do. So yeah, so if you're feeling brave and if you'd like to join us, that would be amazing. So we've got some really good episodes coming up, particularly for season two. So if you do have a particular one that you'd like to guest star in, please just do get in touch. So that is all from us for now until next time when we discuss episode six of season one. So as always, thank you so much for watching along with us and listening along as we dissect every minute detail of every episode <laughs> as, you know, as the show deserves. It does. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Next time on Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And he spends all of his spare time lounging around with imbeciles. Just like, <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? It's devastating. He's turned into a 16-year-old boy. He goes in and he's like, doctor, and then he goes, zookeeper? <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> quite know what to call him. <laughs> it's almost like he forgot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Anthony has this like, fuck, I can't remember the bloke's name. <laughs> and he's like, I don't even have IMDb to check. Thanks for listening to Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You can follow us on X, Instagram or TikTok. Just search Previously on Buffy. 
Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast directory so you never miss an episode.